Welcome to the Divorce Angel Podcast and thank you for joining us. Get ready to uncover the strategies everyone can implement for successful separation and divorce. This will save you valuable time, money and emotions while learning the secrets to your happy ever after. And now your host, my wife, Tanya Summerton. Hello and welcome to the Divorce Angel Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm so grateful that you're here. And if you've been listening for the last few weeks or right from the start, I just wanted to say thank you. I am so honored that you take or spend the time listening to the content I put out there. In a lot of cases, the content that I talk about is either something that I myself have struggled with or something that I see my clients dealing with and think that other people could benefit from that information. Now, if you've been following me long enough, you probably have heard my story. I was married for 22 years and around the 16-year mark, I started to think that things weren't right. And to be honest, I'd fallen out of love with my ex-husband and things just sort of got worse, unfortunately. You know, karma, whether it's my karma, whether it is what the universe meant to happen to me, I'm not 100% sure, but my husband lost our business through some bad business decisions and also really got into gambling, which was, you know, at the time really difficult for me. Now, from that, there was all these other consequences that I needed to deal with. You know, it was pretty hard at the time. So when we first separated, because I had been Uh, looked after our children for the majority of our married life and I was very, very lucky. So I don't look back at my marriage and think for any reason that it was, you know, bad, good or even indifferent. It just was what it was and I'm where I am today, luckily enough for me. What I wanted to talk about today is my journey through the legal system when I did get divorced and what I found to be my greatest frustration and how my business came about. When my ex-husband and I separated, I really had no means of supporting myself. So we had a family business and I'd worked in it, and I say that word loosely, And I ended up getting a job at the airport where my brother worked. And it was probably the turning point for me because it gave me a whole lot of independence. It allowed me to meet new and wonderful people. And I mean really, really wonderful people, people that a lot of others would never come in contact with. Like I've met the Dalai Lama. There was quite a lot of stars that came through the airport or just got close enough to actually see was I starstruck? No, it was nice to meet them. It was good to say to someone, for instance, Beyonce is half the size that I thought she she would be. She's very tiny, but it was all of those sorts of things that made the job interesting. And when I was going through my divorce, it was just good to put my mind to something else. I got this job and needed to learn how to be independent and really how to get into the corporate world. I hadn't been in that environment for a very, very long period of time. But when I was going through my job at the airport and you know really learning what my new life because it's it's like you've got floaties on or training wheels on again when you get back married anymore, everything's changed and you've got to start again. At the airport, I actually also had a risk assessment against me 
by the AFP. And that was because of the people that were in my precinct and who I needed to look up to to look after. So they weren't the nicest sort of people. But that all added to what I now refer to as my university degree in life. The things I learnt in that career were next level. And they're things that a lot of people would never, ever even come in contact with. But I was lucky enough to be given the opportunity to have a job and a role that pushed me well and truly outside of my, oh, I suppose fear is one word that comes to mind, but outside of my comfort zone big time. And I had to either sink or swim. But the big thing was I had to swim because here I was all of a sudden starting over again. The way my business came about was when I was I went out and interviewed some lawyers and, you know, I did a little bit bit of due diligence on who might have been the best person for me. And one of the biggest mistakes that I see people make is expecting their their lawyer or their solicitor to be able to give them finance, financial advice. A lawyer or a solicitor is not a financial advisor. It is not their job to be telling you what assets you should be taking from your family division of assets. And I went to my lawyer and I explained my sorry story. And then I said to her, are you able to have a chat to my financial advisor and accountant and see what is best for for moving on here. And she said, look, that's not my job. I really, you know, that's not what I do. You need to go and talk to them and come back and tell me what you think is best for you. So there I was, I went off again. I told my whole story all over again to my accountant. And, you know, you just get sick of telling it. You get sick of like going, my God, this is now my reality. This is my life. This is what I need to deal with. And this is just, excuse my French, but this is the shit that I feel like I'm rolling in every day. Then I would go from my accountant who said, look, okay, look, I'm not sure. I can't really give you that advice. You need to go and speak to your financial advisor. Off again I go. It was just a perpetual wheel I felt of telling my same sorry story over and over again. And the thing is, is when you've got friends and other people in your life, you can tell them what you want to tell them. You don't need to tell them everything. But when you're talking finances, you have to put everything out on the table because when you're paying an expert, all of that information could be critical to the outcome, whether it be capital gains tax, because if you sell something, whether it's some sort of implication on um, a beneficiary on, let's say, life insurance or whatever the case may be, every person has a, a an ability and their expertise or subject matter expertise is what helps you, what you pay for and what helps you get the outcome that you want. Here I was going from person to person to person and I just thought this is ridiculous. I'm the person paying the bills. These people all work for me. I've hired them to act on my behalf, but none of them are talking collectively together. There's no team mentality in this. It's like I was, you know, I was just playing this solo game of walking from person to person. But the issue is, is when you're going through a separation, you know, you've got so much to deal with. And at the time for me, I was dealing with all of these other things that were going on in this job. And can I do this? And this self-doubt of now, I've 
no longer have the family and the house and everything else that I knew that was the stability. Everything was just completely up in the air and it just seemed to continue on and on. And I realized at that stage that I was the person that everyone should be really working to help and support. And where was that mentality in the industry? Today, we have some other businesses such as collaborative law out there that try to do it this way. And they try to try to have everyone in the room and get the right outcome. But the thing that I find with collaborative law, why it's very good in some instance, and it's, you know, the Americans have it down pat. We in Australia still have a long way to go because it's still very expensive. But I think the key is understanding what you really want and need out of this. And I've talked about this client before where when I first met her, she was about to sign consent orders. So consent orders are the documents that go into the court at the end of a relationship that the lawyers have drawn up and they have listed bit by bit what each party will take, what bills are getting or debts are being paid out, what transfers are being done, who owns what car, all of that sort of stuff. So they fully outline everything in regards to your relationship. And this client came to me and she said, I'm just about to sign these consent orders, but I've been given your name. Would you be able to just have a look over them and see what you think? As a family, the couple had six properties, five investment properties and their primary place of residence or their home. And what had happened is between the two lawyers, the lawyers had negotiated that one party would keep three houses and the other party would keep the other three houses. Now, the lawyer that this client had gone to was a female lawyer and she knew nothing, nothing about finances or about investment properties. And when I was looking through this lady's information, I said to her, right, so you're keeping these three houses and your husband or ex-husband is keeping these three houses. Has anyone done any work around the future prospects of these properties? And she said, well, I'm not sure what you mean. Anyway, I told her to leave it with me and I would get back to her. One of the properties was in a mining town. The mortgage was 300000 And when I ran a report on the house, the house at that particular time was only worth around $120,000. So she would have taken on an asset where the property was worth less than what the loan was. The second house was being rented out but was really ran down and needed a hell of a lot of work on it to really have it in a pristine condition. So she was actually taking on really just another asset that needed a lot of work. And then the third property was in an area in Melbourne, Victoria or just outside of Melbourne and it really wasn't in a high growth area or anything like that. Yet when I looked at the houses that the husband was keeping, they were the cream of the crop. So they'd been able to negotiate that the husband was keeping all of the good and the wife was getting all of the bad. Now, is that the husband's fault? Probably not. He just knew what he was talking about. His lawyer put together an agreement for the other side. The other lawyer looked at it and thought, well, on face value, it seems to be okay. It's 
even. And the client that ended up working with us was about to sign up for something at her age. I think she was 54 years old school teacher. She would have been working forever. If she needed to refinance those loans, she would have been in a hell of a lot of trouble because the debt to asset ratio was, wasn't very good. The point I'm making is that your solicitor or your lawyer is not a financial expert. You need to fully understand what it is that you want out of your relationship and why. You need to do complete due diligence on if an asset, if you're going to take over an asset and it's an investment asset, will there be stamp duty associated with the sale of that and who's going to take that on? If you sell a property and you've already transferred a title for that property, does that mean that if you're not only going to keep it for a short period of time, you've got to pay for the selling costs and those sorts of things. And that's why a divorce strategy is so important. And people just don't realize how important it is. And it was, as I said, when I was going through my divorce that I realized that there was just simply no rules. There was no rules on who looked after this. There's no one out there saying that we must be doing proper due diligence on someone's financial circumstances. Instead, it's just let's divide this and let's divide that. And I want you to be mindful of this. It's You get one chance to get it right. You get one chance to understand what your future looks like and be future focused. And in the last few podcasts, we've done a lot around finances and money. You get one chance, can only repeat it so many times, you get one chance to get this right. I'm not saying, and I do not stand for people that just want to fight for the sake of fighting. It needs to be fair and reasonable, but it needs to be done in a manner that is right for each person in the relationship. If you are thinking about or about to hire a lawyer, make sure you go and have a full understanding of what it is that you want out of the relationship and really understand the benefits for you personally because it's important. And if I can teach you anything from my experience was that I just got sick to death of talking about how bad my life was, what had happened, the situation I was in. I just wanted to tell it once. I just wanted to tell it to one person. And that's why we do a a divorce roadmap with our clients because we do it once, we put it all in writing and it goes out to all of the experts or who I like to call my army of angels and we help our client from that position. So it comes from a joint position. We're all on the one page and we're working for our client's best interest. And that's what you need to do as well. So if you're going to manage your lawyer, you need to make sure that your financial advisor is involved, your accountant, and you've thought through everything because it's really important to get this stuff right. As you can tell, I get on my high horse about this stuff because it means so much for me. People work a lifetime to earn and to build assets and then unfortunately during a divorce can give them away at a drop of a hat without really understanding what they're doing. I'm going to repeat it again. Your lawyer or solicitor is not a financial expert and you need to be explaining to them what it is that you want out of this uh, breakup and why. And you need to be across it. So if there's anything I can do to help, please get onto my website and have a look. It's www.tanyasummerton.com. You can follow us on Instagram and it's Divorce Angel on Instagram. We'd love to see you over there and um, we have a chat there. 
But in the meantime, if there's anything else we can do, if you'd like to have your own divorce roadmap done with me, please get onto the website and book in a clarity call because I'd love to help you. It's my passion to make sure that people do not make the wrong mistakes. You get one chance. So until next time, thanks for listening and I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now.